Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ade. And this is Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. Black Ticulate. A podcast series that gives voice to positive black action, no matter how big or small. Um, who are you? I mean, do you want to give a little rundown just okay. for those who are listening? Wow, who am I? Yeah. That is a question I haven't had to answer in a long time. Well, how it's would like you describe yourself? My story. Um, who am I? Uh, it's, it's difficult. It's hard to describe myself. It's hard to condense myself into a small thing. Who am I depends on who I'm talking to. Okay. Um, but in essence, I That's am... interesting in itself. Break that down. So you are different depending on your audience. Yes. Yes, hmm. I'm different depending on my audience. Okay. I don't... Difference in if you're to I... talk to a white person or a black person. Yeah, I think there's a difference. There's a difference in how I would tell my story and there's a difference... There's no difference in how I'd act. Right. Um, I think that says true... But there's a difference in how I'd present myself and how I'd tell my story. Um, there's parts I'd leave out or there's parts that I'd expect the listener to understand from telling my story to a black person or a Nigerian or, okay. or a white person. Um, so who am I, I guess, in this context or because I know you, who am I is young, 26-year-old Nigerian living in Holland, living in London, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who came through via Holland. And um, yeah, just trying to make a living in PR. I think my job sort of... Okay, your job is a, a definitely yeah. definitely defines you. Okay, so how did you get your job? I mean, what do you do? Your job is... Uh, I work in public relations um, PR, which seems to have... Means, means different things to different people. You say PR and some people think of Max Clifford. You say PR and some people think of Sex in the City. <laughs> um, my job is none of that. <laughs> it's not that glamorous. Yeah. So no one tells you so about the Excel sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you about the Excel sheets when you're applying for a job. Um, but I work in PR and it's amazing. It's, it's, I think it's a really unique company. Everyone says that about their company, but I don't know. I, I just feel mine is a bit different. Okay. Um, well, tell me the story. How you got into PR? <laughs> True story. How yeah. I got into PR was I'm uh, 17 years old in Holland in high school and all my life I had known that I was going to study in the UK. Like, it wasn't even a question. It was okay. just like, you know, after high school, we go to the UK. My dad studied in Wales, and, like, he always had amazing stories about it. And that's just where... It was, it was just Is that a, bit, a thing? Of what? Like, parents? from Nigerians? I mean, like, thinking they're always going to study in the UK. Is there, uh, like... I don't know. I guess for many Nigerians whose parents studied abroad, I think there's that feeling of, that's the natural next step. Okay, that's what they want yeah. for their kids. So yeah. it's just... It's bread. Yeah. It's bread in that sense. Okay. 
So you always knew you were going to come to the UK. Yeah, I always knew yeah. I was going to come to the UK. Even while living in Holland, and Holland has some amazing universities that actually teach in English. But that was just never an option. And um, I think my dad just knew that my brother and I were just going to go to the UK. Okay. So um, every, most people in my class were either going to study in in, um, in Holland or go back to their home countries or whatever. And I just I was just like, oh, it's UK for me. My brother and I were in the same class. So, um, so you landed? So just went to the UCAS website and I was like, oh, what, what do I want to do? <laughs> um, and I was looking at different things and... Um, you. I was just looking at different courses and thinking to myself, what do I want to do? And I remember I was hopeless at mathematics, um, but for some reason I was very good at economics. But I, I thought to myself, if I if I try to do economics in university, math is gonna come and bite me. Like right. I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm really good at this. Like I, I know theories and all that, and they're gonna be like, use this formula. And I'm like, oh shit. So um, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Anything that has mathematics in it, I'm going to stay away from. Um, and I didn't want to really go into the sciences. So I was scrolling down and I stumbled upon this thing on public relations, read about it, and I was like, this is, this is quite interesting. Um, and it turned out my grandfather had actually uh, been a PR manager in one of his companies in the 70s. Um, oh, okay. So I talked to my dad about it. I said, oh, that's what your granddad did. And I think so was, so you, he wasn't... Well, that's quite rare then for a Nigerian, like yeah. you know, if it's not mass, you know, lawyers. Oh yeah, like, yeah. So he actually knew about PR. My yeah. dad, my dad had never been like that because of his experience as well. Because my dad, his experience was actually the reverse. Okay. Um, because my dad had wanted to be a lawyer, but my grandfather, um, his experience with lawyers were, you know, these kind of like lawyers that are just poor and they just move from case to case and always just trying to bail people out. So that was my grandfather's experience of lawyers, which is weird because he, he, was, uh, he was quite an educated man and he had lawyer friends that were, you know, barristers and, you know, judges and all that. So for him to sort of to dissuade my father from being a lawyer because the closest lawyers he knew were poor and raggedy, um, that sort of affected my dad's choices. My dad, instead of being a lawyer, he went into agriculture and became an agricultural um, economist. Ah. Um, which he's super passionate about. That's interesting. I don't know what that is, but that sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just like farm planning and it's like being an economist, but just with agriculture. But okay, you're yeah. a specialist in being, okay. Exactly. Um, so my dad, I think because of that, my dad had never like wanted to steer his children yeah, at all. Shoehorn you yeah, shoehorn into those typical like, routes. No matter what we did, well, apart from what my sister wanted to be a fashion designer, he was like, no, that's not a job. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know whether you want to say that. <laughs> because there will be some fashion designers hopefully I'm going to interview. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I was like, do it, girl. Like, just, you know, f- follow your dreams. But my dad was like, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, that I guess that's the residual Nigerian-ness of him that was like, yeah, my daughter's like, they'll become a fashion designer. Right, okay. <laughs> um, so UCAS, you were saying. So UCAS, so public relations, read up about it, I was like, this is what I want to do. I didn't really know much about it, but clicked it, um, applied, and yeah, got into university that way. Um, so I went to University of Sunderland initially to do PR. Okay. And everyone else in the class was just like, what is PR? No one knew what it was. Right. So what the class in Sunderland were they all without any jury, you know any uh, disrespect to yeah. Sunderland as a uni yeah. or the PR course itself? Mm. 
were they just all people who thought this was an easy course and easy route to get into um not easy per se but okay. they all most people had an idea of what the job was going to be like eventually right I think if most people knew that it was gonna you're gonna need some hard work and graft, but most people had this idea of all right, I'm gonna you know become a publicist and I'm gonna have three phones and you know <laughs> I'm gonna you know go to celebrity parties. That's how That's I life. think most people conceptualized it from the start. Right. Okay. Um, and about a month into it, it's just drummed out of you, and you know that it's press release writing, and it can be quite boring at times. So did that, finished in Sunderland. You graduated. Graduated. Um, and next stop was like, all right, what do I do? My dad was like, do you want to do a master's? I was like, yeah, why not? So okay. um, just went north to Newcastle. So you're always asking your dad for sort of advice. It, it always yeah. seems like that's yeah. the process with you. Yeah, absolutely. You have a stable parent yeah. in your dad and father, and you ask him, so I've graduated, what do I do? And, he's, and then he advised you to do a master's. Yeah. Okay. I want to bring it into race, yeah. which this is what it's all about, really, yeah. the podcast. Are there many black people in PR? And are there any moments within your industry yeah. that has made you feel yeah. aware and conscious yeah. of your blackness? Yeah. Are there many black people within PR? Yeah. Um, in London, when, it, when you go out to, like, awards, I, I think awards, awards ceremony, best, yeah, they're best uh, um, representation of people in the, in, in the industry, there are not many. No. There are not many. In a ceremony with, well, let's say 700 people, uh, I'm going to get 15 black people. Jeez. Um, if you sort of include all people of color, maybe you're pushing uh, 30. I mean, so very small potential. Very small. Basically. Very small. Why is that? Um, why is that? I'm, many reasons. I think, um, yeah. I think many, I think many black people who go into business side of things probably I guess they probably go into marketing more than anything I think in marketing there's probably a higher re- re- representation of black people right um, and just in, in finance there's a bigger re- representation of black people insurance I know that just from some people I know um, public relations specifically I'm not I'm not really sure I, I've, I've thought about it but I'm not really sure I think it's probably one of those things where um, the industry is growing like rapidly over the last couple of years. So I think that area is gonna like black people are gonna be more um, aware of it as an industry and see other black people who are in it and be like, right, maybe I can do that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. They're so, not yeah. many at the moment. So you're saying the next question it was almost a part two, yeah. which was, have there been moments I've been aware of my blackness? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but specifically, like, the role, the PR role, and, like, the challenges it faces, because, obviously, we wake up and mm. we know we're black. <laughs> so, given. I, I think the, the, <laughs> the instances I've been um, aware of it mainly has been around the silence or the lack of black people. And I, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Okay. Where there, every now and then you see these, um, there's always something in the media about, you know, a, a, it's usually an advert you know, or a poster or something where you look at it and you're like, wow, this is so insensitive. How did it get past the internal filters? Yeah. You know, and I used to think to myself, did anyone not see this? Like, in, especially when ah, it's like a massive company. Yeah, like, no one just stopped and be like, no, guys, no, no don't, don't do it. <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> and working in the industry, I'm so aware of how that can happen because I've been 
um, I'm not going to mention specifics, but I've been in meetings where, you know, someone mentions a tagline and they have no idea how it could be deemed insensitive because they just do not, they, they first of all, do not know the correct terminology. They don't read media um, um, that is targeted towards uh, people of color. Um, they're not aware of, of sensitive stories that are in the media that could possibly you know link to what, what to the the, the, kind of, the kind of story or tagline they're promoting so it ends up just being lots of white people together coming up with what they think is amazing right you know and i'm like no this we can't do this it's so insensitive <laughs> yeah. it's so ridiculous you know it, it's just wrong and they have no idea why it's wrong and they look at me like I bet, you know, if we release this, no one will complain. I'm like, I can already see a Guardian article being written about this as we speak. This is ridiculous. You know, and they look at me like, like and sometimes it happens where, you know, something happens, like, someone comes up to me like, do you think if we write this, it'll be insensitive? And I'm like, you should know this. Yeah. You know, don't ask me. Like, just just be present. Just read. Just live. You know, go outside your comfort zones. You know, so actually, so quite interestingly enough, then, yeah. which is something you alluded to earlier on with the the percentage of yeah. obviously coloured and ethnic my black people in particular um, is very small and slim at best. But the reason then these things that do get executed yeah. and there was no internal filters is because yeah. there was no one yeah. black yeah. internally. Yeah. It's almost two just, things. There's yeah. no one black internally. And this also speaks to wider British culture. I think a lot of white people just do not arm themselves with current. They just they don't they don't know how to speak about. I hate saying to speak about race. Yeah. They they don't know how to speak about um, issues affecting minorities properly. You know, so as liberal as many liberals are, they're sort of insulated from the actual day-to-day microaggressions of black pe- black and brown people in this country. So they know what's wrong, but they don't know why it's wrong. And if you don't know the why, then you continue making those mistakes. Uh, yeah, You continue m- m- making those mistakes. So that's why I think there is, yes, you know, it's. I think it would be very, very um, foolish to say, Every company needs a like a, a black filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's about to go on. All right, it's called Jamal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamal, come check this out. Uh, 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 <laughs> I don't uh, think uh, we should use that word. Like, no. Yeah, no. So yeah, man. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be better if you know everyone was just intelligent enough and knowledgeable enough to know when something is wrong. Hey guys, before we get back to the episode, I just wanted to say thank you very much for listening to us. Now you can continue to support us by visiting www.lacticulate.com or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now let's get back to the episode. I see the problem. What would Do you have a solution? Do I have a solution? Or solutions. The solution... Uh, to know why things are wrong. Because you can see what is, as yeah. you said, but why? why? The solution is there's a fear, and I know this guy, Trevor Phillips, did a documentary on Trevor it. Phillips, did you say? Yeah. Okay, um, I'll put that in the show notes. The, the, the race and equality, former race and equalities minister, he did a show about the things we're too afraid to... No, things that we're too afraid to talk about race that are true. He missed the, the point completely. Did he? Oh. You know, it's like there was a target there and he shot, like, way over there. Um, I think in this country, and even in America, I think there is 
not a fear to talk about race, but people don't really know what they're talking about. Um, Explain. We sort of conflate race and ethnicity sometimes. We sort of conflate race and minority sometimes. I think a lot of times when someone says something insensitive Mm -hmm. and the media or social media comes out and says that's racist, what people, what the the, uh, accused usually goes back to is, I'm not racist. Right. I have black friends. Yeah. I'm not racist. Yeah. I've never, you know, punched a black person for being black. Yeah. And the reason why they can say that is because two things exist. There's racism, which is, which is scientific, where you're like, I believe that because I'm white, I am genetically and just, you know, inherently better than black people. Right. Okay. You know, not many people believe that anymore. Not many people who are hurting black and brown people around the world believe that anymore. Yeah. You know, there are a few people who are still sort of racist in the, in that pure sense. And when- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When people are, uh, when someone uses the word, um, when someone uses the N-word against someone else or someone, um, you know, says, oh, she's not beautiful because she's black or something... That is racist, but it's not scientific racism. Yeah. And scientific racism is always used as a defense. Oh, but I I have black friends, so it means I I think of them as equal. You know, I have black friends, or, you know, I listen to hip-hop, so it means, like, I'm I'm not racist. Yes, you're not scientifically racist, but you're still... What you've done is racist. What you've done is discriminatory. So I think we have to go... We have to move the discourse against being... You, yourself, your whole being is racist to what you did is racist. And I, okay. So me, if someone says, if someone, if someone does a specific act of, if someone says something specifically like, oh, she's a nigga, you know, yeah. and they said it out of anger, they said it to provoke uh, someone who, who might have uh, annoyed them, it may not be that every 
part of their being and every day of their life, they just think, oh, black people are just so inferior and I hate them. No, and it was just a moment. It was just a moment. It was an, yeah, an outburst of, I want to hurt someone because exactly. they hurt me. Exactly. Okay. And the history, the reason why you can use that word and hurt someone with that word has to be unpacked. And that is racist. But we too often try to condemn a whole individual and condemn their past and future by branding them as racist. And that changes the discourse entirely because it, it goes from being, how do we teach you not to, you know, use, use a specific word? How do we teach you to understand the power and the history of a word? And it goes into, you're racist, you should be, you should be tarred and feathered. And the defense is like, I'm not racist, I'm a good person. You know, and then their friends come to their defense and say, don't attack them, they're good people. So the discourse, we never really talk about racism anymore. We talk about, you know, the, the, the discourse ends up being, oh, you're trying to just, you know, target this person, you're trying to, you know, bring them down, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's interesting. And it becomes about the individual, it becomes about the white person who said yeah. a racist word instead of about, let's try to unpack. I feel like we've got, because we speak about this all the time, so yeah. we've I've got two things that I actually almost want to, follow up with that yeah but i want to say this first and i want your thoughts on it yeah uh, so in terms of challenges mm. you face because what i want is i want the listeners to be able to listen to you and go oh shit so pr is opened for someone like me mm. now even though i'm not julian mm. i can take his learnings mm. and some of his gems and hopefully try and apply that to my my way yeah so are there any challenges anything that you could sort of give to the listeners in order for them to take their step mm. if they do want to go into PR. I mean, from the sounds of it, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And um, let's see. It is fun. And the challenges, I think, in PR apply to many other fields that are fields that are about personal, um, it's not, it's not, interpersonal relationships rather than a specific skill. Okay. So if you are, I mean, look at if you look at engineering in the UK, you, you hardly find a white British person in there anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why yeah. is that? <laughs> well, first of all, not many British people are doing engineering uh, as a degree. Okay. And secondly, it's about skills. So if a Nigerian comes up and says, look, I have all these skills, um, and a white British person comes up and says, uh, I have some of these skills, you're going to hire you know, the Nigerian. The Nigerian what. with the skills. Yeah, right. because you're your um, results are entirely skills-based. Yeah. It's just like, this is the output. Yeah. Scientific fact. We, we produce more. You know, it's more efficient, blah, blah, blah. With um, public relations and marketing, where it's all about, you know, trying to win new clients just by talking, just by saying, this is what we... You're trying to convince people at, at every single time. Yes, there's skill in terms of... Um, you have to, you know, hit an amount of, of coverage or you have to get these newspapers or these TV stations. So there's something tangible. Right. But most of your job is convincing clients and potential clients. Right. And journalists, you know. And I think um, the barriers, some of the barriers for black people in, 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 in those jobs is if you're going to a company where a lot of the current employees are not that familiar or have prejudices against black people. Um, prejudice is, is too much of a strong word. Or have no previous experience okay. with, with black people. And they may think, they may um, their, their idea of what a black person is like, and this is where we're coming down to this whole idea of, of 
racism as well is based on maybe you know what they read on TV, what they see on TV, or the few interactions they've had with people, um, with a few black people. So they might feel, do I want to employ this person when I don't know about them? I don't know about their life. I don't know their background. I don't know. I can't empathize with them. Yeah. You know. So, and the, the, the funny thing is, we're not that different. We're not that. What I mean, we're not that different. Is our the, our dreams and hopes, our fears, our backgrounds are so similar yeah. across the UK, across every single family, black, white, Muslim, Christian, whatever, you know. But there's always this feeling of, oh, I, I don't know what their life is like. Like I don't know what, you know, do they drink? Are they gonna party hard <laughs> like me? And then they they well, some white people start thinking. But some of my friends say, you know, racist things as well. And some of my friends, you know. Yeah. Say, oh my God, you're saving like a Jew, and uh, you're like a black person. Huh? So they start thinking about all the racist shit that's going on in their life. I think yeah. I might blurt out some of the racist <laughs> sometimes, you know. And so I think some of the barriers are white people just feeling, God, I don't want to expose myself to <laughs> to mess up in the future. So I rather not. I don't think they're a culture fit. Ah, there you go. The <laughs> I don't think fit. they're a culture fit. Um, and usually that is because. You just don't think they do the things you do. Um, and an interview is probably too short of a time to actually break down, do they do the things I do? That, you know? that is a big hurdle to overcome. That's it's, got nothing to do with you, though, yeah. as an individual. It has nothing to do black, with... As a black yeah. male or female. It's, it's about changing this culture of... First of all, I think we just need to learn more about each other. Learn more about each other. Because I think black people do it, too. Uh, on the reverse, yeah. Of, I don't really know what they're they're like, or they're probably just lads who like to drink, and I'm not really gonna have anything to say with them. But when you actually, you know, go one on one, and I know it's impossible to, you know, try to have one on one meetings every time. But when you actually sit down with someone who you thought you might not like because they like rugby and beer, and you actually sit down with them, you're like, wow, this is amazing, yeah. you know. But I mean, still bring it back though to the PR the yeah. challenge challenges is just you saying it almost doesn't seem like it's industry specific yeah it's not i don't think there's any industry specific challenge in pr for black people or people of color i don't think so you don't think so i don't think so you think they have i wouldn't say equal opportunities but the fact that the very fact is that there is a slim percentage or small amount yeah of black people yeah isn't isn't because it's a challenge to get in but rather it's just not been presented yeah to the black culture as a potential, yeah, um, another job, yeah. another job available to them. Yeah, exactly. Is that yeah? Is yeah. that fair to say? Uh, I think I think that's a very fair summary. Okay, well yeah. then, I hope hopefully this interview will show that that's not the case. Yeah, yeah hopefully yeah. this interview yeah. will show them that you know going into PR is fun. But I want to ask you about there's this thing that's always bothered me about mm. us black people: mm. how whenever we finally get a bite at the apple mm. you know so whenever you finally get on that rung of mm. uh, whatever verticals we want to go to mm. we tend to pull up the ladder so other black people can't can't walk the path we walk but um, I think there is this insidious narrative though that I want to counter okay. and it goes it goes not just in the UK but also in America as well this narrative I think we sort of buy into as well that we're always you know, we're always bringing bringing each other down, and I think yeah, like once the, the barrel, yeah, as they say, and because that narrative is so persistent, whenever it happens, 
regardless of the context, we go back to that. Oh, it's just black people trying to bring each other down, yeah. and it loses black and black crap. Exactly, it loses all context. It loses it loses all individuality because it could be this person really does not like that individual, mm. but it ends up just being ah, look at this, you know, it's us again. Yeah, you know, not getting along. But <laughs> <laughs> I can bet you many. The reason why many um, black people are where they are today is because of help the help they received from other black people. It could be someone in a different industry saying, hey, I met this person, you know, go meet them. It could be, come join me at this party. It could be, come join me at this, you know, meeting or, or whatever. I know um, the head of uh, Mediacom, I think. She's a, a, a black woman. Okay. You know, and she is very, very... Um, I guess the way to summarize it is pro-black. You pro-black. Know? So she's, like, she's she's not colorblind. Yeah. You know, so you have young black women coming to her like, you know, you've inspired me. And she's like, yeah, you know, let's do this. Like, mm. you know, these are some of the, these are some tips I can give you because you're black. Or this is, you want to rise in this industry, do this, do that, read this. You know, so. Yeah, she sounds like someone worthy of interview. Hell yeah, man. If you get it. Yeah, yes. that, um, after this interview, I'm going to have to get her contacts from you. Oh, definitely. Well, Just, I know a girl who knows her. Who okay. actually, actually, you mentioned that. I know a girl who'd be perfect for this. Okay, brilliant. She'd be perfect for this. Well, yes. okay, let me give you just a couple of quick fire ones just to okay. wrap it up. Okay. If right. you were to think of the word success, who springs to mind? Who springs to mind? Yeah. Who, or yeah, who, a face. It's, strangely, Jay-Z springs to mind. Okay. When I think of success, yeah. Okay. And... Do you have I any? That's not stranger, really, but... No, no. I mean, he's a very successful man. Yeah. Any what books? Do you have any books you read? Are you reading at the moment that you can recommend? Any music? Any media consumption? Any books I can recommend that are not necessarily about the black experience, just like books I can recommend. Yeah, you know? just books generally. Um, just, I'm you know, currently get, get to know you. I'm currently reading um, Roxanne Gay's Bad Feminist, okay. which is fascinating. It's it's um this, well the name is very provocative but it's pretty much a compilation of essays where she just takes a feminist a black feminist um critique on many things on on you know the show girls on a lot of literary criticism um there's a lot of stuff about um fat shaming in there as well ah. so it's a fascinating book i'm also reading um Another book called The History of White People, <laughs> ah. which is, I still haven't finished it, I've been reading it for a long time. That's, um, that's fascinating. I'm sort of mid- midway through it. It goes, it goes back all the way to like Greek times, you know, pre-Roman times, you know, this idea of what exactly is white. So it, it, it tries to deconstruct the idea of when did we start calling white people white people mm. and what does that mean? You know, and then it takes it back to you know America. You know, at a certain point, Irish people were not considered white, and that might look ridiculous today yeah, because yeah. you can't tell an Irish person from an English person just by looking at them. Yeah. But there was a, a point where they were not considered white. You know, same with Italians, Sicilians, Jews. So it, it really breaks it down as to why that was and when they actually you know got Came together, accepted into. Yeah. I don't say banded, but allowed <laughs> allowed into the brotherhood of whiteness <laughs> um so it's, it's, it's a fascinating book as well i love that i'm gonna put that as a title the brotherhood of whiteness <laughs> um okay and well i would say if i was a listener yeah. i would possibly and listening to this interview yeah i would say to myself well okay julian sounds fantastic and yeah he's clearly insightful intelligent and you are um, without a shadow of a doubt 
but that's not me. So mm. can I do this on my own? Number one, do I need permission or can I start up my own PR company oh. without having necessarily the educational background mm. that you have? And what are, you know, what are the sort of, what are the habits I need? Mm. That might be my question. Uh, Do you know? It might be. I mean, let's just... I answer? <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't want to run over time, but, yeah. you know, I'll slice it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, can you do it? I think, yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> can you do it? Yes, you can. Yes, yeah. we can. But um, read. Read a lot of newspapers. Read media. Consume it. Let it be your friend. Obsess about it. Don't just focus on the UK. Read worldwide. Be conversant about global affairs. Um, watch films. Watch TV shows. Be critical, but never cynical. Mm. Um, and always be humble. Always know that there's many things you don't know about. And never be afraid to say you don't know something. But always have the appetite and, and the enthusiasm to want to know more. And, um, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I really like that. I feel like we can almost wrap that up. But, okay, since you didn't ask the audience a question, or... You know, but I'm the, gonna have to the question you. I'm going to ask the audience is, how do we? No, I don't know. Like, no, but how, how do we? How do we start to talk about race in a in in an actual? So in a, in a very constructive manner, we're always talking about let's have a conversation about race. Conversations don't change anything. How can, how can we actually bring constructive change, not just to the country in general, but specifically to? you know, professional business life, how do we actually make constructive change? Oh, that's perfect. I'm going to throw that out to the website and see if we get any uh, any feedback. Right. Okay, so, yeah, Jules, do you want to tell people how they can reach you, if at all, social media handles? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm voracious on uh, on social media. Instagram, it's Julian Obubo, that's, that's J-U-L-I-A-N-O-B-U-B-O on Instagram and Twitter, same thing. And, yeah, just look up my look at me on um on Facebook, Julian Obubo, and you should find me. I'm the only one in the world. So. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks very much, sir. You are welcome. I'd like to personally thank my sound editor, Chris Reese, and most of all, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. For more information on how you can get involved, please visit www.blackticulate.com, and also follow Blackticulate on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter social media. Stay tuned for another episode of Black Articulate, Black Stories, Positive Actions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.